Here we go. It's the Chief Zone Podcast. My name is Farzee Vasugi, and thank you all for taking the time to download and listen to another episode. Hope you're all having a great week as the Chiefs bounce back earlier this week. We discussed that in our recap episode against the Raiders, and now here we are moving forward, getting ready for the Chiefs to play the Ravens. A lot to get into on this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Obviously, Chiefs and Ravens breakdown. We will discuss that. We'll also discuss the MVP race. Plus, the Chiefs did make an addition at the running back position. We'll talk about that and how that's going to help the Chiefs down the road. Also, in the closing segment, some very interesting stories to get into. I want to talk about Mike McCarthy getting fired by the Packers. Uh, and what does that really mean? Uh, because we're seeing that we're seeing something in sports that we're aware of, but we haven't really discussed a whole lot. I'll talk about that later on. Plus, a seven-year-old is making $22 million in 2018 alone. I'll tell you why and where he's essentially working. Also, one college student threatened to kill his professor. I'll tell you why later on. Oh, also, before I forget, we've got a guest on this episode, Gerard DeCosta. You might be wondering, who is Gerard DeCosta. Well, he's a Chiefs fan. You might be wondering, well, we're all Chiefs fans. Why don't I come on the podcast? Well, Gerard's a little bit special. Gerard is the Chiefs fan, the construction worker in Las Vegas, who buried the Chiefs kingdom flag uh, uh, pretty much underneath where all the construction is happening there in Las Vegas. And he went viral again, uh, posting a photo on social media, this time him decked out in Chiefs gear, Sitting in the stands, he is going to join us on this podcast in a matter of moments. So we will hear from Gerard DeCosta, just basically get his take to all the reaction that he's been getting to all of this, uh, and also maybe get his thoughts on the uh, season as a whole. So we'll talk to Gerard about that later on in the podcast. If you guys want to talk to me on social media, facebook.com slash That is the Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. We will do a Facebook Live this week. Didn't do one last week, but we will do one this week. A Facebook Live at halftime and after the game against the Raiders. A big game against the Raiders. So stay tuned for that. And then you guys can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. My email, Farzine at Farzine Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify+. Plus. Uh, going to be a very, very crazy rest of the month for the Chiefs on podcast with a Thursday night football game coming up next week and then the Chiefs playing on the 23rd. So our preview podcast as well as our recap for that uh, Seahawks game, which is a Sunday, Sunday nighter, uh, that'll be a crazy week with Christmas week and I'll also be uh, leaving out of town that week. So uh, a crazy schedule. I will let you guys know what the schedule will be for the Chiefs on podcast the rest of the month in the next episode, the recap episode, because we are going to have a lot of episodes in a short amount of time. And then there will be one uh, quiet gap for a few days uh, after that Thursday night game. But then uh, with uh, Christmas week, we'll, uh, be, we'll be squishing in a lot of uh, episodes in a short amount of time. So... Uh, be aware of that, but again, no podcast will be missed unless something extreme comes up, so be aware of that. But real quickly, uh, look, I'm going to start with this topic, and I'm going to end it real quickly, and it's got to do with Kareem Hunt. I know everyone wants to move past this, and look, we, we've got to bring this up when, uh, when when there are certain stories that, that, that are significant, uh, but Kareem Hunt has been involved in a third incident. Actually, it's a third incident that we are aware of. But if you want to go in chronological order, this new story that came out is actually the first incident that happened uh, at Power and Light in uh, at the Power and Light District in Kansas City at the Mosaic Nightclub. As a matter of fact, according to all of these reports, this came out quote hours after the playoff loss to the Titans. So, uh, I guess uh, Kareem Hunt. Whatever physical altercation it was, it's, it's apparently they ganged up on a guy and uh, sent him to the hospital. Uh, suffered a lot of injuries. Uh, no video of it. There's video of him getting escorted out by security. It looks like, but there's no physical uh, evidence of it, of this phys- uh, physical abuse that took place. Uh, look, here's what I'm going to say right now. I don't know 
what Kareem Hunt was trying to do in that interview that he did on ESPN, saying that that's not who he is. Well, uh, you were in that incident in June where you allegedly punched a man, and now you and your friends are accused of beating up a guy at Power and Line. By the way, I'm shocked this is just now coming out. Because Power Line is a very popular place. And if I remember correctly, that game was on a Saturday. So there are lots of people at Power Light on a Friday and a Saturday night. So I'm, I'm surprised nobody said anything about this until now. But hey, it is possible that a lot of people miss it. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've been to Power Light. Anyone who's lived in Kansas City or has been to Kansas City at least once has probably been to Power Light and or Westport at least. Well, I mean, those are the... Uh, Big attractions for going out to eat and drink in Kansas City. Uh, and uh, there aren't really a lot of hidden spots in Power and Light, or at least that I know of. Uh, and uh, whatever incident took place, you would think a lot of people would have seen it all. Uh, look, I, I don't know what to make of this. It's a shame. It kind of makes you wonder what else could have happened with Kareem Hunt. What else was he a part of that is not out there? And what is he trying to do to fix this ship? There's an anonymous AFC executive out there saying he will uh, play again. Okay, well, I mean, he's got to not be getting into fights three times in one offseason. You just can't be doing that. And I don't know where his career goes from here. I don't know what what happened. By the way... I always get flabbergasted with this uh, excuse that people make that he that, that a uh, anytime a pro athlete in their early twenties when they're young and they do something stupid, people always use their age as an excuse that they're just learning. Folks, I'm sorry, I, I was never a college athlete or a pro football player, but I was once twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty. I'm twenty seven now, but I was. In the early 20s at one point in my life, like a lot of you guys listening and, and some, of the, some of you who might be in your 20s or will be in your 20s at some point. Look, I was never perfect, but I knew right from wrong. I knew getting into uh, getting into fights, especially after drinks have been consumed, it's never a good idea. And I'm saying this because people are all over TMZ. TMZ has written an article and they've done a video responding to Chiefs fans criticizing them and blaming them for what Kareem Hunt's done. Folks, everyone knows what TMZ is about. TMZ, they're lowbrow media. They always do these kinds of stories where they look at someone who just completely screwed up. That's that's what TMZ is. People are acting like they've never seen a TMZ story before. And listen, if Kareem Hunt's not doing stupid crap out and about, TMZ has zero power in being able to humiliate him. But it's not TMZ's fault. Look, TMZ's always trying to grab these kinds of footage wherever they can to expose certain people. People are angry because Kareem Hunt did something terrible and TMZ... Uh, unveil the curtain, I guess, too much. I'm glad TMZ did this. Anytime someone does something they shouldn't do, they need to be exposed. Uh, I, I'm flabbergasted at all of the defenses people are saying that he, that the woman struck first. No, Kareem Hunt made first contact with her. I don't know why that's so difficult to see. And not only that, uh, it, it's gotten to the point where EA Sports has removed him from the Madden video game. Uh, if you have like a mutt or an ultimate team, I don't know what that is. Apparently, it's like a fantasy football team. Uh, they still have you. Uh, they, you still have Kareem Hunt, but it's just number twenty-one, I, I, twenty-seven. I almost forgot his number. Uh, but that's how he looks like. They, 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 they don't recognize his name anymore in the video game. And people are livid about that. People are angry about their fantasy football. Screw your fantasy football teams. Get a life. If you're crying about Madden, Jesus Christ, man, go out on a date. Don't be crying about Madden. It's ridiculous. Uh, Look, uh, I wish Kareem Hunt the best. I do. Uh, Cleveland Police, by the way, interesting note, they've announced that they are relaunching the investigation. Okay, not quite sure uh, how that's going to go, but 
The interview he did on Sunday with uh, ESPN looks a hundred times worse today than it did on Sunday. He lied to the Chiefs about what happened in the February incident with the woman, and he lied to the world when he said, that's not the kind of person you are. Really? If that's not the kind of person you are, why is your name tied to two other incidents? And folks, people will say that, oh, well, now that one story's out and about, people are going to tie his name to everything. Guys, listen, your name cannot be tied into things by accident. If he did something that he shouldn't have done, this is on him, and it's on him to right the ship. It's up to him if he wants to do that. But hey, uh... Life moves on, right? You got to move on. Just because Kareem Hunt's no longer on the team doesn't mean the season uh, is, is going to be put to an end. And the Chiefs did exactly that. As a matter of fact, in the two losses the Chiefs were coming off of against the Patriots and the Rams, playing the Bengals and the Rams in those bounce, bounce back games, the Chiefs have scored a combined 85 points against the Bengals and the Raiders. Oddly enough, they had 91 in the two losses. Uh, but Chiefs haters and even some Chiefs fans who have to complain about everything are saying that 40 points on the Raiders isn't impressive, even with a quiet Tyree Kill and Kareem Hunt no longer on the team. Okay, uh, let's put that to the test this Sunday because the Steelers are going to be playing the Raiders and they just lost James Conner for the week. So let's see how the Steelers, uh, James Conner, who's been an outstanding player this year for the Steelers, filling in for Le'Veon Bell. Let's see how they uh, how they do against the Raiders without their all-star running back. We saw what the Chiefs can do with their all, without their all-star running back and without Tyreek Hill uh, burning everyone on the field. So they put up 40 points. Travis Kelsey had a monster game. So let's see how the Steelers do without James Conner and Le'Veon Bell. And if they can put up 40 uh, on the Raiders without their star running back. Let, let's put that to the test this week. Listen, f- folks, a win is a win. Road games are tough to come by in the NFL, especially at this point in the season. Everyone's going crazy. I mean, the, the playoff race is heating up. Everyone's trying to make a f- big push uh, to either get that playoff berth or some teams, uh, some players and coaches trying to save their jobs, trying to at least uh, finish a season on a good note. So everyone's going crazy this time of year trying to find ways to win. This is the fifth time, by the way, the Chiefs have put up 40-plus points and the tenth time putting up 30-plus points. So it's not like the Raiders are a brand-new team that the Chiefs just decided to score a bunch of points on. The Chiefs have been scoring points all year long. And I, even without Kareem Hunt, I'm sure they'll keep doing it. I'm sure they will. And you look at the offense, well, they're getting back Sammy Watkins, who returned to practice dealing with a foot injury. Eric Berry, by the way, uh, still practicing is limited uh, once again, as was Sammy Watkins in practice on Wednesday. But uh, you've got Sammy Watkins likely coming back to the fold very soon. Tyreek Hill is not going to have a quiet game every single week. He's had a couple of quiet games, oddly enough, yet still one of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now. And by the way, speaking of the Chiefs offense, they did sign Charkandrick West over C.J. Anderson, former Denver Bronco. They went with the uh, a former Kansas City Chief, the fourth former Chiefs player to return to Kansas City in 2018. Ron Parker was the first one uh, right after the preseason. Then they brought in Frank Zombo and Jeff Allen around the same time. And now bringing back Charkandrick West, a guy who obviously has some familiarity with this Chiefs team, was briefly with the Jets in the preseason, and now returning to Kansas City in his career. He's got 266 carries for 999 yards, one yard away from the 1K mark. You look at uh, his scoring, seven rushing touchdowns, a 3.8 yard per carry average, and by the way, he also has five receiving touchdowns. He's had at least 20 catches each of the last three years as a guy who's filled in for Jamal Charles and also been a backup to Kareem Hunt last season. So a guy for a guy who hasn't started a whole lot, 11 total starts in his NFL career, 20 catches uh, for each of the last three seasons, that's a big number for a backup running back. And obviously that shows you how active running backs are under an Andy Reid offense, especially in the passing game. So Charkhand Request does have that familiarity. One of his biggest strengths is picking up blocks. So uh, you'll, you, you'll see that, by the way, this will be his first time, assuming he could get playing time. This will be his first time playing with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, I don't know how much of, of a chance he got last year. 
Uh, I know he dealt with some injuries and didn't get to uh, play in the uh, season finale. It was mostly Anthony Sherman who was the uh, featured running back for the Chiefs in that Week 17 game against the Broncos when Mahomes got his first career start. But you got a guy in Charkander Quest who knows the offense. He and Spencer Ware, uh, they had a pretty good duo in 2015. So let's see if uh, if they can repeat that again. Very similar situation. You lose your running back a different way this time. But you've got Spencer Ware filling in that role. Chuck Hendrick West coming back. He, he's probably going to have a hand in trying to help out the offense. So let's see how uh, West and Ware do. Uh, we uh, mentioned that duo name months before. West and Ware. And now they've reunited. And similar circumstance with uh, losing your uh, top-notch running back. Let's see how those guys do filling in the rest of the year for the Chiefs offense. I want to talk real quickly about the MVP race. I know, I know, I was wrong. You guys gave me a hard time about this. Uh, Last week I said Drew Brees would get my vote heading into week 13. And now that I still stand by at that time. I also said it could go either way. It really could have. Mahomes has a lot of touchdowns and could break Manning's record. While Brees has a very, very low turnover ratio, which is key in the NFL. And also the best completion percentage in the league this season. But after the Saints' loss to the Cowboys and only putting up 10 points, Drew Brees took a giant step back. Meanwhile, Mahomes had a quote-unquote off day against the Raiders, yet still put up four touchdowns against the Raiders without Kareem Hunt and a quiet Tyreek Hill. And I think that adds on to Mahomes and the fact that this strengthens his chances of winning MVP. The fact that you're without Kareem Hunt, and a lot of people mentioned, well, losing Kareem Hunt, how does this Chiefs offense move forward? Well, it could add to Patrick Mahomes' resume and say, hey, look, we can still do this without our Pro Bowl running back. And even with the defense not doing so well and Mahomes having to try to uh, do his best to overshadow that, obviously a lot of people are noticing the woes on the defense, but Mahomes still does a good job of not letting it be the primary focus with all the points he's putting up, and that could be another reason why he gets the MVP award. We talked about that last week, uh, and I, I think at this point, Mahomes has a big lead on Drew Brees, and what it would take for Mahomes to lose it, or maybe at the very least let Drew Brees back into it to make it interesting, would be if he had a very bad game. That's what it would take right now at this point. And I don't anticipate that happening with Mahomes. He has had zero touchdowns in a game or two this year. but And I say zero, I meant passing touchdowns against the Broncos in the first meeting and in the Jaguars game. But still uh, did a good job moving the offense and still found ways to get into the end zone himself by running in. And this is one of those occasions where you just look at the production he's providing for the Chiefs and Drew Brees. Here's the thing. Mahomes has lost to the Patriots and the Rams on the road, each by three points. Drew Brees lost to the Cowboys. And look, the Cowboys, yeah, sure, they're a playoff team right now. But the Cowboys are not a top-tier team. The Rams and Patriots are. And they were narrow road losses. So this really puts Mahomes in a great spot. I mean, similar to home field advantage for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes kind of controls his destiny with the MVP award. By the way, people are saying, who cares about the MVP award? Let's win a Super Bowl. People can care about the MVP award while still hoping for a Super Bowl victory this year. So don't be the guy who's too perfect to care, who's too cool and too good to care about the MVP award. Come on. Did you see all the reactions last year when Alvin Kamara won Rookie of the Year over Kareem Hunt? A lot of Chiefs fans were angry about that. So let's not act like that we don't care about this MVP award. Because that's a very that's the most significant individual award out there. Of course you want your player to have it. And hey, look, if the Chiefs don't win a Super Bowl, well, look, you can at least feel good about that MVP award going into next year and hoping that the defense makes improvements and you can make another big run. Listen, the Chiefs are going to have a lot of great seasons with Mahomes. And uh, I mentioned this before. Uh, I hope we, we never have to talk about Mahomes being without Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt. Well, uh, one of those three is no longer on the team. But still, uh, this is still a very dynamic offense, even without Hunt. But there will be a day where Mahomes might play without Tyreek Hill and or Travis Kelsey. And how does he do with that offense? Can he make everyone around him better? We've yet to see him do that because he walked into an offense replacing Alex Smith where there was a Pro Bowl running back, a Pro Bowl wide receiver, slash return specialist, and a Pro Bowl tight end. So you've got all of that. 
going your way for Mahomes. And now he's got to prove one of these days that he can make everyone around him better and make them pro bowlers on an offense, proving that, hey, whether it was Kelsey Hill or in Hunt uh, versus whoever the running back, wide receiver, tight end trio could be in 5, 10 years, that they can still win and do a lot of big things with the offense. So we'll see about that. Uh, But right now, Mahomes has a big lead in the MVP race. Now, I'll get into the Chiefs and Ravens matchup in a moment. And I'll say this right now. uh, Best chance of an upset. This could be the one. uh, And I say upset, but the Ravens are now a playoff team. They've really uh, made some strides uh, lately under Lamar Jackson. But this defense is the best defense in the NFL, in my opinion, and could give, the, could give the Chiefs some trouble. I'll talk about that in just a moment. However, I want to take a break from football and talk to this man. His name is Gerard DeCosta. He is a construction worker uh, working in Las Vegas. He's been working on that new Oakland Raiders, well, I should say Las Vegas Raiders Stadium, and he is the same one who buried a Chiefs flag underneath all the construction going on at that site And he recently went viral again trolling Raiders fans by taking a picture and being the first Chiefs fan to sit in the stands at that new Raiders stadium. Uh, Joining us right now, Gerard DaCosta, Chiefs fan, joining us. Gerard, thanks for taking the the time to join us. How are you? What's the reaction been like with all of this craziness uh, in your photos going viral? Yeah, just... um... I don't know, but my Facebook is just going off the hook right now. Like, okay, messages and looking at all the comments. Pretty crazy. Are, are you are you getting a lot of support? Are you getting a lot of anger messages from, from Raiders fans? Is it a mix of both? What's going on there? Um, so far right now, I mean, with the, the bearing of the flag was had more of the... The threats and not really threats. I mean, like just saying that the people are writing that oh, um, he's a hero and all this stuff. And I guess the Raider fans just say, oh, he's not a hero. He's a wanted man. And I don't know, just some of that stuff. But right now, it's just all positive things. Of I mean, I'm pretty surprised at the things that people are writing. Like people writing to me on my messages saying um, that he feel I should. Are a Super Chiefs fan or inducted into all those things? I'm not too sure about those things right now, but um, also saying, you know, make make a statue. <laughs> Pretty funny, but um, I don't know. I just, I just say, enjoy um, talking trash about the Raiders and harassing the fans. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, the, the Chiefs got a big win over the Raiders this week, so hey, why not? Uh, so, 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 tell me when you first did this. And by the way, I hope you don't mind me sharing this. I reached out to you last year, right around New Year's. In fact, a funny story: I was actually in Las Vegas for New Year's uh, that weekend, and I tried to reach out to you. And true story: correct me, if, correct me if I'm wrong. You actually uh, turned off your your Facebook, or you stayed away from the messenger. Because you were just bombarded with messages, and that is how I tried to reach out to you, and obviously we couldn't connect because you were just bombarded with all these messages. It's it's been that crazy for you, hasn't it? Yeah, no, it was. Um, so actually, what, what happened was <clears throat> after I did that with the with the flag, I flew home to Hawaii. Um, my daughter had on like gave birth to my granddaughter on Christmas, so we flew home right after that. And the next morning, I got up, and my phone rang, and, and it was a number from um, Kansas City, and I was like, oh, when somebody from Kansas City is calling me, and I was like, who called me? And then my wife was like, hey, just answer it. And I answered it was the news, and I was like, wow, like, hey, how, how you guys got my number? <laughs> started, <laughs> they started asking me all kinds of questions, and I was like, Whoa! <laughs> I was like, like, not realizing that the thing was going to be that big, man. I mean, like, the thing was pretty unreal. I mean, like, like my friends back at home was like, like, 
I don't know, like laughing and just saying, like, wow, they, they couldn't believe it. Like, this the biggest prank I ever did pull off compared to like, some of the stuff that I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so hold on, I have a question. You said you're from Hawaii. Now, uh, do you live in Las Vegas or do you just go there for work? No, I, li- I live in Las Vegas now. Um, I've been working, well, <clears throat> I've been at home working. My wife and kids have been here for six years. They've been going back and forth, and then I just got hired by this company that I work for, so um, I can stay here now instead of flying back and forth. So so the reason the reason I ask that is because I, I, I want to know, how are you a Chiefs fan? Have you ever been to Kansas City? Were you born in KC? No, uh, well, yeah, this is the, the more funny part, too. My my whole family is Raider fans. Oh! <laughs> 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 Except one, and... My my other uncle is actually a Kansas City fan, so we both is like considered like the back, the black sheep of the family. So, what does your family think of you bearing the flag and all that? Well, some of my uncles they laughing about it, but one of one of my uncles, my dad's um, younger brother, he, he taking it personal. He <laughs> he practically went disowned me. <laughs> Man, there's a family feud right there. Uh, so, so, so I'm curious. Uh, I mean, so, 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 what's the reaction been like uh, from from the city? Are they okay with it, or uh, what's up there? What, what, what can you tell us? Like when I, when the first thing came out with the whole incident with the flag, I know like, I had stuff in the you know news. I never see because I was at home, but um, I had stuff saying like um, this should never have happened. Um, like saying that I should be fired, I should be punished, and that was from like one news company here in Vegas too that, that wrote that. <laughs> I was like, wow. So yeah, they wasn't they wasn't too happy, man. And then um, there's um um one guy over here. That, his name is Tommy Wade. Actually, made him became like real good friends actually, and him played a big part. Of getting the Raiders here to Vegas. At first, he he was kind of you know, he wasn't too happy about it, and then when he actually met me, and then um, we talked, and we became like, like like real good friends. So when this picture just came out on Tuesday or Monday, whatever day I posted, he texted me yesterday, and he put like, my picture was sitting on the stands, and he put really. <laughs> And um, I was just laughing, and then um, he texted me saying, well, he texted me last night and said, um, Mark Davis said, for the very first game, he's going to make me sell hot dogs for the first game of the year when they open oh, up. Oh, no. <laughs> so you got his attention, obviously. Uh, I, I, I want to ask for you, I, let's switch gears for a second. I, obviously, you're a Chiefs fan. I mean, you might as well be up there with, with Rob Briggle and, and David Keckner and all those other celebrity Chiefs fans. I mean, you you did something big for Chiefs Nation, or Chiefs Kingdom, I should say. It was a Chiefs Kingdom flag, and, and everyone, every single Chiefs fan loves you. As a matter of fact, Kiri on our Facebook page said, I will buy him a drink. Uh, so you already have that offer coming tor- towards you. Uh, but, but I'm curious, uh, obviously a very good season for the Chiefs. Uh, do you get a chance, uh, not being in Kansas City in the market, do you get a chance to see a lot of the games? And if so, what are your thoughts on the on the season? Oh, well, I, I enjoy this season right now. I mean, th- this offense is unbelievable. I mean, we, we never see an offense like this in a while. Do you get a chance to see a lot of the games? Yeah. Um, matter of fact, right where I live, I'm like five minutes away from well, Kansas City Bar. And it's um, it's called the Blue Diamond Saloon. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's owned by a Kansas City fan and... We have a pretty um, big group that shows up every Sundays at at that bar. So is that where you go to watch the games? Yes. Okay. You see, I, I, as as a matter of fact, I, I when I go to Vegas, uh, I ask people. I said, "Where can I go to to catch a uh, a Chiefs game?" And everyone's told me Blue Diamond Saloon. I know it's a little bit far from the Strip. I I've never really been away from the strip that much but uh i had a friend of mine from high school actually she asked me where uh, is a good place to catch a, a chiefs game because she wanted to follow the, her team and in fact she lives in the bay area in california 
And I told her Blue Diamond Saloon, and she said it was one of the best sports bars she's ever been to. So, uh, I mean, she's told me about it. You've told me about it. I've actually had some listeners uh, tell me on Facebook and even email me about this. I think I need to uh, head out there sometime. Uh, what, what makes that bar so cool? Tell me about that a little bit. Oh, hey, I mean, you would like, anybody that comes would actually love it. I mean, um, I have some friends from Iowa that is she's friends that I actually met when, when I went to um, Kansas City for the first time to watch a game. And then um, we became like, like good friends. And it was just here. And so we went and watched one game. And they was pretty surprised. They was like, wow, like, they never did see on bar like, like how this bar is. I mean, I know a friend and his son, um, Neil Stuckey and Tyler Stuckey. And they have like a bullhorn. So, I mean, they scream over the bullhorn, like the first downs, touchdowns, and everything. And I think get the crowd going wild and sit um, sure. in the bar. That is awesome. Very cool. Hey, Gerard, uh, I appreciate you taking time to join us here on the podcast with everything that's happened in the past week with Kareem Hunt and all the news. It's nice to get this kind of a story, a really feel-good but also a funny, comical story about Chiefs fans and just what's going on with the Chiefs and Raider, Raiders rivalry. So I appreciate you just kind of getting Chiefs fans away from that whole Kareem Hunt story, even if it's just for a little bit, because it did kind of bring a little bit of light and humor to that kind of thing. Uh, I, I'm sure NFL memes, if they haven't before, I imagine that they at some point will use uh, one of your pictures to, to poke fun at the Raiders and, and that kind of stuff. So it really does bring out the more funnier side in sports. So I appreciate you doing that. And of course, I, I'm sure I speak for all Chiefs kingdom, all, all of Chiefs fans. Uh, thanks for what you do, and I know you've got a very difficult job, so stay f- safe out there, and I appreciate you taking time to join us here on the podcast, Gerard. Oh, yeah, anytime. All right, Gerard DaCosta. Gerard, thanks again for joining us. Take care, and uh, hopefully we can uh, hear from you again sometime. Yeah, anytime. Just give me a call. <laughs> All right, that was Gerard DaCosta. Appreciate him coming on. I know he's probably not used to doing a whole lot of interviews, uh, so yeah, not a guy who obviously does this kind of stuff. So I appreciate him uh, taking some time to, to to come on the podcast and, and discuss everything that that took place. So uh, d- d- definitely a, a fun topic. And again, with with everything we've been discussing with uh, Chiefs news lately, uh, it is nice to uh, get this kind of a story. And it just kind of get the humorous side of a chief story for once. So uh, kind of nice to shift gears from that uh, w- with everything we've been hearing with Kareem Hunt and hearing a story like this. But got to get back into the football side of things as the Kansas City Chiefs return to Arrowhead for a big game. And they're going to be playing, in my opinion, their toughest opponent this season. And I said this before. The Lamar Jackson QB switch took place, and now that Lamar Jackson is a quarterback for the Ravens, this is a team that's been on a roll lately and now hold a wildcard spot in the AFC. Look at Lamar Jackson filling in for Joe Flacco, who is, quote, uh, going to ramp up practice this week, meaning he is returning to practice dealing with a hip injury. But you look at Jackson and the three starts that he's had, 46 of 77, so a 60% completion percentage, two touchdowns, three picks, seven total fumbles. He's been sacked seven times. Jackson is a scrambler, though, 404 yards, eight yards away from passing. Running back Alex Collins, who was placed on IR last week, also has three touchdowns. On the ground, Flacco, by the way, in the nine games he was playing, 61% completion percentage, 2,456 yards, 12 touchdowns, and six picks. He was sacked 16 times before his injury and just fumbled the ball three times. The Ravens, they are 3-0 and with Jackson. The Ravens lost three of their last four with Flacco, including... A 12-9 overtime loss to Cleveland. So that's when a lot of people were wondering, when would Lamar Jackson uh, be put into the offense? And what kind of an impact would he put on the field? And we've seen it right now with Jackson doing obviously obviously undefeated so far as a starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. And you look at their running situation. Ty Montgomery might get his first start this Sunday uh, his first start this season, and if so, it would be his first career start since 2017 with the Packers. 
spent his first four years in Green Bay, now in Baltimore, has 11 carries for 69 yards this year. That's a 4.9 yard per carry average. Seven career touchdowns in his uh, 14 uh, career uh, starts. So that's what we've got in the running game. And by the way, I didn't mention this. They're seventh in rushing, and Alex Collins a big reason for that. Lamar Jackson, the way he's been running lately, that's a big reason why they've been uh, propelled to the top 10. 13th in scoring, 13th in total offense, and 14th in passing. So just above average in all of those categories while in the top 10 in rushing. And that's really their biggest strength right now. And you wonder with Kansas City, that could be where uh, they take a lot of damage against this Ravens team. You look at their... Passing game, a lot of good receivers on this team. Willie Sneed, Michael Crabtree, who a lot of people are very familiar with. John Brown. Look at Sneed. He leads the team in receptions with 51. Crabtree has 48, but John Brown has 36. Now, we'll get back to John Brown in a second, but look at Willie Sneed and Crabtree. Sneed has 507 yards. Crabtree has 536. Uh, Crabtree has three touchdowns, whereas Sneed has one John Brown has four touchdowns, equating Crabtree and Sneed combined. And even though he has 36 receptions, the fewest of the three, he's got 649 yards, leading the team in that category, 18 yards per catch. He'll get his 12th career start this Sunday, and it'll be the most starts he's had in a season. He had 11 in 2015 with the Arizona Cardinals, where he barely eclipsed the 1,000-yard mark and had seven touchdowns. That season might be on pace to also finish with seven touchdowns this season. Tight end Nick Boyle, not a very active tight end. 21 grabs for 198 yards, has yet to see the end zone this year. But you look at the offensive line, kind of an up and down offensive line. But some of the uh, offensive linemen are going to be facing some of the top players on this Chiefs defense. Orlando Brown going up against Steve Ford, who has allowed just one sack, but a very, very low rating from Pro Football Focus. Same thing uh, can be said uh, for the Pro Football Focus rating for Alex Lewis, the left guard, and Matt Skura, the center. Uh, Lewis has allowed two sacks. Skura has allowed two and a half sacks. So obviously not terrible statistically, but Pro Football Focus has uh, graded them very poorly. So take that, of course, for what that is worth to you. Here's my thing. Lamar Jackson would be the wise player to start this week if you're John Harbaugh. He has the mobility to escape Kansas City's very dangerous front seven. And I think if you are offensive corner Marty Morningweig, you've got to make sure you devise some sort of a plan to get away from D Ford and get away from Chris Jones. How can you nullify those guys uh, from trying to get to Lamar Jackson in this game. Yes, again, Kansas City's defense allows a lot of points and a lot of yards and commit a lot of penalties as well, but they also make a lot of big plays, especially in crucial moments when it matters the most. And like I said, John Harbaugh has a pretty big choice to make this week with Flacco returning to practice this week, but I go with Jackson if I am John Harbaugh. Switching over to the defensive side, and like I said, uh, probably the best defense you will see all year long in the NFL. Number one in points allowed, 17.8 points per game, just under 18 points. First in total defense, allowing under 282 yards per game. Second in stopping the pass uh, at 194 yards per game. And third in stopping the run just under 90 yards per game. And again, defensive coordinator Don Martindale probably deserves assistant coach of the year award. Definitely does. Probably doing the best job of anybody in the NFL right now as far as assistant coaches go. And let's look at their their defense. Starting with the defensive line, Chris Wormley, defensive end, Brett Urban, the other defensive end, and Brandon Williams up front in the middle. They combined for two sacks. Pretty good run-stopping defensive line for sure. And you look at the linebackers, this is where they have their bread and butter. Terrell Suggs. Going with strong on his 17th season, co-leads the team in sacks with Zadaria Smith with 6.5. And, and C.J. Mosley, the anchor for this defense, has a team-high 77 tackles. Now, the Ravens don't get a lot of turnovers on this team. Five total interceptions uh, on this defense. That includes former Chief Brandon Carr and also longtime Charger Eric Weddle. Uh, no one has more than two picks this year. Anyone who's got an interception... They only have one. So five different players with an interception for the Ravens defense this year. You've got to utilize Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey 
to the best of your ability. And we'll see what happens. Let, let's see how. People are, are saying, well, look, the Chiefs put up 40 without Kareem Hunt on a Raiders team. Okay, let's see how they do it playing one of the worst defenses to playing one of the best defense, probably the best defense. And let's see what kind of contributions we'll see from Spencer Ware, Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, uh, Charkandrick West, whoever is going to be active of those four. Uh, I think they're, they're going to see a lot of playing time. This is a uh, run-stopping defense that's very good. Again, top uh, top five, a third to be exact. And they're probably going to keep the Chiefs rushing game in check, but Patrick Mahomes can make things happen, man. He really can. Uh, scrambling with his feet, throwing off defenses when they least expect it. And you, that third and five play, and by the way, a mistake, I credited uh, Demarcus Robinson with the catch. It was actually Travis Kelsey with that big catch on third and five uh, inside two minutes. And... That is the kind of thing you'll need from Patrick Mahomes to maybe make it look like he's scrambling and pull in some defensive players to create some wide open guys. I think you're going to have to see Mahomes do some of that in this football game. So that'll be very interesting to see their biggest true test without Kareem Hunt this Sunday. Special teams for the Ravens, Cyrus Jones, one punt return, 13 uh, yards per return. Chris Moore handles the kick return duties, averaging 22 yards per return. And kicker Justin Tucker, one of the best in the NFL, 25 of 27 in field goals, 4 of 4 from 50 yards out. Punter Sam Cook, 6th in average and 20th in net average punting. He's given up the 9th most punt return yards in the league with 211. Look, I expect a defensive battle. Both defenses will make plays. They'll for- force at least a turnover. But I think Kansas City's offense will do enough to pull out a narrow win. Uh, as both teams are currently in the playoffs. Uh, key game for both teams. Casey's trying to stay ahead in the AFC while the Ravens are trying to stay ahead in the wildcard race. So both teams have a lot on the line. Uh, sure, the Ravens have maybe more on the line because they're barely in the playoffs right now. Whereas the Chiefs could maybe lose out and they would still be in the playoffs. Not the most ideal way to go about it, but... That is uh, something that could happen, losing out and still going into the playoffs for Kansas City. So this is going to be one of those games where you want to make sure that your defense is doing everything it can to put pressure on this rookie quarterback. And the redshirt rookie on the other side, Patrick Mahomes, he's out there making plays but also airing it out. I think It's going to be interesting to see how Tyreek Hill goes up against guys like Brandon Carr, Eric Weddle. And this uh, very powerful Ravens secondary. Uh, and Sammy Watkins, hopefully he's going to be playing this Sunday. It would only help Kansas City's offense because you're going to need all help you can get. Uh, have your two pro bowlers at wide receiver and tight end and have your number two wide out there to supplement the offense. And Chris Conley and Demarcus Robinson, those guys made some, uh, some, some plays last week while Tyreek Hill was quiet and you didn't have your star running back. So... There are a lot of weapons that Mahomes has to work with. I think this could be a game where Mahomes throws to a lot of guys. I think Demetrius Harris might even have to come in and unexpectedly have a a, a couple of catches. I, I think Robinson Conley. I, I think you see a lot of players involved. I think my bold prediction is you'll see Mahomes throw at least one completion. Not just a pass. Not just a target. I'm saying a completion to... Four different receivers, two different, three different running backs, and probably uh, Kelsey and Harris. I think that's how active we're going to see everyone on this offense. You're going to need all hands on against this Raiders, or excuse me, Ravens defense. That's been my biggest fear for the longest part of the season, and now we're at this point now where if I had to pick it up, I, I know I haven't picked the Chiefs to lose a game each time we do our preview episodes, but if I was forced to at least pick one upset that I think could happen, I think this is the best chance of an upset. And I still think, even so, Kansas City pulls out a narrow win. I think they'll pull it out 27-24 to in Arrowhead. Let me know your thoughts. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian, Twitter.com slash Farzine21, and my email, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Our Facebook Live videos will take place at halftime and after the game. So join us for that on Facebook. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. Hey, not good news for the Denver Broncos. I told you guys, I was I was hoping for three AFC West teams to make the playoffs. And the Broncos have somewhat of a favorable schedule. But this is a big blow to the Broncos as they need to have a pretty, pretty much a perfect 
outing the rest of the year, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders tore his Achilles in Broncos practice this week. The Broncos offense, not the most viable with Case Keenum. You already traded away Demarius Thomas to Houston. And you won two big games recently against the Chargers and Steelers, but you lose Sanders. And with Case Keenum, you're going to need all the help you can get. The Broncos, Colts, Titans, and Dolphins are all 6-6 six six, right behind the Ravens, the team we just got done talking about, who have a 7-5 record and own the 6th seed right now. But Denver's chances of trying to attain that 6th seed just became very, very slim. Hey, I didn't get a chance to talk about this, and I really wanted to bring this up. The NFL Draft will also air on ABC this offseason, so you can watch it on ESPN, NFL Network, and on ABC. It's going to be anchored by the College Game Day crew, and I've got to say, I love this. I, I really do. Because a lot of times you see these NFL analysts, they don't watch college football. They don't. They can watch all the film they want. They can read all the scouting reports, but the College Game Day guys... I'm sure they have to study film on some of these D2 players, but they know what they're talking about. They've seen most of these guys. doesn't mean they're always going to be 100% correct on some of their uh, pr- predictions and analysis on some of these guys. But that's 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 difficult to be perfect, yeah, especially with a sports draft in the NFL where you have so many players coming out. So I, I like this, though. I hate it during the NCAA tournament where... You see uh, the NBA TNT crew, Charles Barkley and and whoever else, uh, all those other losers, who pretend like they've been watching college basketball all year long. I've said this before, uh, Barkley, remember Cliff Alexander for the Jayhawks? He uh, got in some trouble off the court and could not play for KU, and he obviously couldn't play in the tournament, and Charles Barkley said that Cliff Alexander was having a good first half. What basketball game are you watching? These college game day guys, they've watched a lot of college football, so they know what they are talking about. By the way, I wanted to get into this. The Packers firing Mike McCarthy after an 11-16 record the past two seasons. Uh, Linebackers coach Winston Moss also fired on Tuesday after a critical tweet uh, though Joe Philbin, the offensive coordinator slash interim head coach, who's in his second stint as a Packers assistant, also a former Dolphins head coach, didn't do very well there. He said that the firing was beyond a critical tweet, which I don't know how much I believe it. The tweet says, ponder this, what championship teams have are great leadership, period. It's not the offensive guru trend. It's not the safe trend. Find somebody that is going to hold number 12 and everybody in this building to a Lombardi trophy standard, period. Hashtag losing sucks. And that's why he was let go initially. Now, going back to Mike McCarthy, the guy went 11-16 and 16 in the last two years. It's worth noting that the Packers have been in the playoffs every other year, with the exception of two other seasons under Mike McCarthy. Are the, are the Packers really right in letting him go? Because we see this a lot in sports. If you don't succeed within a one- or two-year time span... A short amount of time is enough to get you fired nowadays. And I don't know if I blame social media for that uh, or online petitions now easily becoming a thing. But my, my, Mike McCarthy is a great example as to why, hey, look, two bad seasons and it's over. GMs are not going to wait around that long. They're not going to have a lot of patience. Not a lot of front offices doing sports. So it's... More of a, what have you done for me lately? Sports drive. What have you done for me lately? Not what you've done all along. What have you done for me lately? And by the way, I believe McCarthy is the ninth head coach in NFL history to be fired after, at one point, leading his team to a Super Bowl win. Hank Stram, one of those nine coaches as well. Let's go out of bounds. Boxing took center stage in sports this past weekend. A highly anticipated heavyweight bout in uh, the boxing world between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. It ended in a draw. Wilder was knocked out at the end of one of the rounds, but got up before the 10 count. Everyone lost their minds and made the quick uh, video 
uh, mix in with the Undertaker's theme song and how he gets up when he takes a big hit, uh, just suddenly gets up. Uh, both fighters claim they won, though, even though it ended in a draw. Look, I didn't see the fight, but I, I watch enough UFC to know that in combat sports, fighters always think that they had the better edge. Even if uh, all three judges give it unanimously, uh, giving all three of the rounds, and again, that's just in a UFC fight, all three rounds to one fighter, the lo- losing fighter will still be surprised because... They don't watch the fights. They're in the fight, and they don't know exactly what happened. So, look, I, I get it. And Deontay Wilder feels like he says God woke him up from that, which is which is comical. But he believes that he should have won simply because he got up from that. Now, I did see a video on social media how he actually got up shortly, very shortly after the 10-second count. And that the timer might have been a little bit off. So, look, uh, I don't know if that's reviewable or how that goes, but... That is a thing that's being thrown out there on social media. I do want to go back to uh, KU talk real quickly. Les Miles, obviously now the head coach of Kansas. Now they bring in Chip Lindsey as the offensive coordinator, uh, formerly with Auburn. Also was an assistant at Hoover High School in Alabama. If you guys remember, Hoover High School was featured in a TV show on MTV called Two-A-Days, which was highlighting uh, the, the uh, high school life of some of the key football players on the Hoover High School team. They had a dynasty there where I think they won three or four championships in a, in a four- or five-year time span. And they obviously show the players you know, how they do in class, how they're doing in their family life, if, if they're dating anyone. They show that a little bit. Uh, that, that was the TV show featuring Hoover High School. Uh, but I think Chip Lindsey arrived in Hoover shortly after all the success took place. I know the uh, head coach, uh, things just completely went off track with him. He got in a lot of trouble and had some things that... Uh, currently alleged, but uh, he's no longer on the uh, on the coaching staff there. But they had a lot of success for a lot of years. So let's see. You know, all, he's been in a lot of great places, a lot of SEC schools, been at Arizona State. Uh, how can all of that translate into success at a Big Twelve school that struggled for so long, like Kansas? Let's see how things go. I think Les Miles really putting together a good staff, and I think coaching is finally going to pay off. For the football Jayhawks team. By the way, a seven-year-old has made $22 million in 2018. Why? He's playing with toys and giving toy reviews. And he's doing them on YouTube. I think everyone knows YouTube, if you've got a big audience, you can have a lot of success financially with that. Uh, this YouTube channel is called Ryan's Toys Review. He has 17 million subscribers. And he's been making videos with his parents since the age of three and look, who would have thought that toy reviews would give you the highest earning salary from YouTube? But that's the case with this kid. And you know what? Good for him. I remember at one point, uh, about 10 to 15 years ago, when YouTube became a thing, there were only just a couple of YouTube celebrities. Uh, one of them was a kid named Fred, where I guess his parents did all the editing, where they made his voice high pitch and it sounded funny. Uh, which, you know, for a lot of these YouTube videos, the audio, the target audience, they're mostly teenagers because they're the ones that have a lot of time on their hands and follow these guys in all of their video blog, vlogs, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it just shows you, man, there really is a market and an audience for even the weirdest things because there are a lot of people that want to watch these things. So good for the parents of the seven-year-old and how they've used their kid to make all this money. Obviously, I'm sure the kid's having fun talking about toys to the camera. And he's making, what is it again? $22 million. What the hell were you all doing at age seven? Hey, look, I'm tied into that question. Uh, I was playing with Pokemon cards at seven years old. I was uh, not making $22 million. I was asking uh, mom and dad for... uh, for toys to play with, not to do reviews on. Good for this kid. Good for Ryan. Final segment of the show, let's throw some penalty flags. A college student at Florida Atlantic University threatened to kill his professor because... His professor scheduled a 7 a.m. final exam. The student, uh, with weird grammar, 
admitted in a tweet that he would do this and he was willing to take blame for that. And unfortunately, authorities got to him. Well, actually not unfortunately, because you can never take those things lightly. But unfortunately for this guy, uh, he made a stupid joke, I assume. And it got him in a lot of trouble. And I don't know if he's going to be able to even take this final now. Now, listen, uh, when colleges put together final exam timings, that generally means that you're taking a class that's early in the morning. The The article didn't specify this, but uh, listen, when I took a 9 a.m. class, our final was at 9 a.m. And they had it on different days. I, I think most colleges operate like that. So, look, kid, uh, college is hard, man, if you don't put forth the effort. But I get it, 7 a.m., no one ever wants to get up that early for a college class or give it a final exam, but... If you sign up for the class, uh, it's probably because you're already taking it early in the morning. This is pretty funny, but at the same time, it's really not. Uh, A uh, 12-year-old brought marijuana-laced candy to the school and handed out these lovely gummy bears out to kids. Five middle school students hospitalized in Mulberry, Florida. This is where this happened in the middle school. How the hell does a kid have access to marijuana, let alone lace it on the candy? Uh, Maybe he's not even smart enough to do that, and there's someone else who's behind that. These parents, uh, I'm sure they've been interviewed by now, they have a lot of explaining to do. Why did this happen? How the hell did this happen? And what happens to the parents? What happens to the kids? That's not a good look for that family, and boy, uh, those poor kids, that's not good at all. PETA is at it again. Uh, They are actually unhappy with some of the idioms in the English language, uh, such as killing two birds with one stone, beat a dead horse. They don't like things like that. They uh, have mentioned some of the key idioms that are used and they have a suggestion as to what you can say instead for example instead of saying kill two birds with one stone say pay two tolls with one easy pass instead of saying bring home the bacon they want you to say bring home the taylor ham pork roll take the bull by the horns take the turn by the jug handles Uh, instead of saying beat a dead horse tax a dead person uh, there are a lot of them here. Uh, cat got your tongue. Instead, say government got your wallet. That's a good one. Um, boy, I'm trying to think of, uh, I saw one. Oh, here's one. Instead of saying dropping like flies, say dropping like Jersey taxpayers. Uh, here's another interesting one. Instead of saying an albatross around your neck, say a New Jersey governor around your neck. I'm not sure what, uh, Peter has against Jersey or who, uh, from Jersey pissed him off, but... Obviously, they're uh, targeting Jersey. Uh, let's uh, let the cat out of the bag. Instead of that, say, let the money out of the wallet. Uh, so, PETA's not happy and they have suggestions and people are laughing at their suggestions. Laughing very well. Uh, look, I get what PETA's trying to do. They have a job to do, but come on, man. You really want people to start changing how they talk because of you? Remember that uh, gorilla, Harambe, the name that the gorilla received? Uh, the baby fell into the pit and everyone freaked out and, and they killed the the gorilla. And Pieto was outraged. A lot of people were outraged. Look, I get animal rights, but you've got to also look out for human slash baby rights as well. It's bad parenting to let your baby even end up in that spot. But once it's happened, you got to do something about it. And, you know, I, I get it. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm for animal right don't get me wrong but they're just phrases man it's it's not like they are meant to be offensive to animal lovers a lot of animal lovers use those phrases get out of here Peter. get out of here got no time for this but i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the chief zone podcast a big thank you to gerard DeCosta for joining me here on the chief zone podcast giving us his take on everything with the Chiefs flag burial uh, and uh, all the reactions that he's been getting. 
from that. So a big thanks to Gerard for joining us. Big thanks to you for listening to the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Also, Facebook.com slash Farzee That is my Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. Facebook Live videos at halftime and after the game this Sunday against the Ravens. So join me for that. Follow me on Twitter at Farzee21. Plus my email, Farzee at FarzeeVasugian.com. Enjoy the football this weekend. I'll let you guys know what the updated schedule will be like for the podcast this month. And... We will recap the game on Sunday. So enjoy your Sunday football. Have a good weekend, and I will talk to you then. Take care.